You're listening to WrestlingTradingCards.com. We're recording now. This is awesome. I have to remember to do this from now on because I've actually had two episodes now that I've recorded uh, that I thought I was recording and I didn't re hit the record button. But thank God I was Facebook living them because I was able to save them that way. <laughs> uh, but we're good to go. So, how are you guys doing today? Good. I'm good. Yeah, hey, just David, doing good. I'm glad to see you in person for a change. Oh, me? Yeah, right. Oh, David. <laughs> yeah, it's the first chance I got to talk to David. How you doing there, man? Good. That's Chuckster is uh, a, the wonderful archivist of mo most of the modern stuff, too. Uh, keeps us up to date, and we're going to be looking to him a lot when we start getting the site updated to help us get those checklists going. Uh, but he's also, this is kind of right up his alley right now, too, I think. Uh, we're talking about today about the, uh, the indie Fed uh, trading cards are being sort of mass-produced now. It seems like everybody's got them going on, and the timing of this particular topic couldn't have happened at a better time with all the recent crap going on with uh, the bickering back and forth from uh, what organization that Chuckster? That was uh, uh, Joey Janela and I can't remember the other gentleman's Joey name. Joey Janela and Brett Lauderdale at GCW. Yeah. They had a set of cards out for um, uh, the cluster bleep. Um, the spring, spring break. break. Yeah, for spring break. And that started the whatever that spat was between Ethan and Joey. But this is not the first time that that company's done a trading card. I think, I, I mean, I had Brian on an episode before, and Brian's the one, I think, who designed those cards. Uh, and I think, because um, he, he designed the PWG ones as well, obviously. But uh, um, this hasn't been a problem before. Uh, I, I guess the, the thing I think about in, in being in the industry, you have to look at it from the aspect of, especially nowadays, where intellectual property is becoming such a big thing. We're, you know, you're seeing that in a lot of the stories that are out right now around Twitch and everything like that um, with other companies. But, um, you know, a, a lot of the guys own their own intellectual property. So it's just, it's, it, it just you have to have that moment and it's great that they're doing it but you have to have that moment especially when you're utilizing talent that's on tv or that is with higher promotions where there's intellectual property involved so i mean i, I get I, I get it but that's just something that that's that's a courtesy you know and especially right now in the environment that we're in where wrestling is just now starting to come back it's not to work it's going to be what it was prior to march when everything shut down but when you look at it in that aspect i mean for a lot of us like you know i don't want to say us but i mean i mean even me like i i had a second part-time job and i lost that as well but wrestling was a large part of my income and for some of these people for some of these talent it's their only income so the fact remains that like, you know, when this is their IP and they've spent the money and take the time and going through the, the channels that they have to uh, get the copyrights on that intellectual property, like it's just only fair and only as a courtesy. You know what I mean? Because, in, you know, I understand everyone's drive to make money, but at the same point, I mean, it's, it's their body and it's their IP that's being used that's, you know, being helped to create that. Understood. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, it seems like most of these are homegrown type of sets because technology now allows people to kind of make whatever the hell they want. Um, and I know I've, I have my Vela cards business where it's just the old WWE raw deal card game that's been out of print since 07. But a lot of guys have made 
what they call virtual cards. And I was actually offering as a service, I was professionally printing them to make them look and feel like regular raw deal cards. And I did it for a few years until I finally got a C&D <laughs> that I had to stop doing that. Not, but not oh, from yeah. WWE, but I got it from the co-creator of the game, the, who, you know, the engine that drives the game. So I, I understood. I, was really, I knew I was walking a fine line as it was. It makes me wonder, how do these people get away with making their homegrown card sets and not get in trouble with this stuff? It, it's it just it's one of those things. There, there's a lot that flies under the radar that you don't know about until it becomes a known issue. And when it becomes a known issue, then it, you know, it's dealt with, you know? So obviously the people that have made them, I would hope that they would have talked to the people involved, but a lot of them on the smaller scales, if you're looking at it from an indie perspective, a lot of those talent aren't television talent. You know what I mean? A lot of them are, uh, I, I, the, the term I guess I could use is they're the, maybe the big fish in the small pond. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Where that's something that's not understood, you know, where there's something that's not, um, where it's not getting in front of the eyes of people that could really put the the C and D, you know, like you know, like you got the C and D when you were doing that with the raw deal format, mm. um, you know, on those smaller levels because you can't micromanage everything. No, so I, a lot of that was maybe coming from the 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 big fish in the small pond aspect. I remember. Well, I, I know where I know where mine came from. So I, I mean, I was contacted directly from the creator of the game. So that's <laughs> I knew where mine came from. WWE wasn't involved at all, but yeah, I remember. Uh, some some of the more current sets that are coming out are actually from local independent wrestlers who, who have never been signed with any of the big leagues and they're just doing the local shows. So yeah. therefore I don't think there would be any problem with using them because their promoter is, you know, just works with them directly. One of, one of the big ones that I've noticed that I just found this year was, in, was uh, called Ignite Wrestling out of Vero Beach. And I did some more research on them. I got this year's version but it turns out they've been releasing them since 2016 very quietly. And I had no idea. I just found what's them the, here. What's it's the difference though, if these guys come in and they're recorded for their videos, their, their videos are sold all the time. The DVDs are sold. So what's the heck's the difference between putting them on a DVD and then putting them on a trading card? If they're allowing that to happen, they should be allowed to be able to be on a trading card without any issue. No, at the end of the day, it, it really comes down to, um, I mean, on an, and you have to look at it and maybe this is where I have the knowledge because I am in the business. Uh, when you're getting your, your feet wet and you're getting going and you're trying to make a name for yourself in professional wrestling, you're not really thinking on that, on that such a macro level like that. You're thinking, oh, cool. It's going to help get my name out or whatever that case may be. Um, but then when you start getting into the, the upper echelon of the business where the where money where there's money where there's a lot of money to be made then you start looking at it in that aspect um, and there's you know and and a lot of independent talent most likely don't have their characters or their names copyrighted uh, for intellectual property because that's a, that's a very expensive process to do that Mm -hmm. um, you know, and that's why you only see a lot of the stories around IP with names uh, is from either uh, current uh, talent on TV or ex-talent um, where they were smart enough to actually IP their name. And when you, and, you know, that allows them to be able to use the name any way they want. And so they've already thought on that level. Whereas if you're on the Indies coming up, you, you think it's just a good way to uh, a good publicity standpoint to help get you out there. But if people are doing it unauthorized, like they're not even contacting you about it, even on the indie level, um, I mean, I think that's just a basic sign of respect. Like we, uh, 
being the best, we appreciate what you're doing. We appreciate that you're putting something together. It's cool. You know what I mean? You know, because it's trading cards. We all know about trading cards, whether you're in the hobby or not, you know it. But at the end of the day, you, you're thinking of it from a different aspect when you're just trying to make a name for yourself versus when you've made a name for yourself. And I get, I get yeah. the fact that you could be an independent wrestler and you're making your own trading cards of yourself. It's yeah. when a fan of that company or whatever you want to call it is making them for a whole organization, sometimes now without even authorization from the promotion itself, just to that, that kind of walks a very fine line. I don't care if you're an IP or not. It still walks a fine line. It's you're not really authorized to do that. And I'll give, I'll give you an example. Um, um, there was a, uh, I did a lot of work in, in St. Louis and in the Missouri area. And there is a, a guy who would do these like yearbooks of like of Missouri wrestling and all that and did trading cards as well. And like, he was wanting to put pictures and stuff in that. And he was selling them, like selling them at a gimmick table at indie shows and profiting off of it. And a lot of people didn't speak up, but there were some that spoke up and say, don't put pictures of me in there. Don't put my name in there. Don't put pictures of me in there. Like, didn't ask me about this. And he's trying to say, well, I'm doing it, you know, to showcase the industry. That's fine. You can do it to showcase the industry, but it's my work and my name and my likeness, you know? And especially when you have guys like, you know, for example, um, I'm an LLC. I have my own, I'm LLC for, for wrestling. I have my own business for it. So for me, it'd be like, if, if that was something with me, like, Hey, you know, I, because this is my business and this is my, my job, my primary source of income. I will, I like, I appreciate what you're trying to do. It's a cool concept. Maybe I don't have the time to do anything like that. And there may be others that don't have time to do it, but at the same point, we need to be compensated for it. You know what I mean? That that's just not right. That someone who's a fan that feels that they can make money off of our likeness and our image just because they are coming to the show. You know, well, we, we have several people money. that, uh, especially in the last, I'd say, year and a half now, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Chucksford could probably attest this more, uh, that are making their own homegrown card sets like that. And they're kind of using, we have some, I'm not going to name names for certain things, obviously, but we have some people who are making names, uh, cards that show something from when they were this and then now what they are now kind of thing, you know, and you know what I'm talking about, Chuckster. Like, I don't know how the, the, how they're legally getting away with doing that because some of the images they're using are, they're copyrighted names. I don't care what angle you're taking from. I don't care how you're Photoshopping things in and out like that. It's still a known shot from a known organization. Yep. And that's, that's a, that's a huge issue. If it gets caught, they're going to have to stop doing it because you, because there's multiple levels you have to look at with it. And once again, when I was coming up in the Indies, I didn't think of that, but now that I'm with a worldwide company as an impact, I start looking at, okay, so now you have my likeness in my, my image and my name, and I'm just a ref. I don't sell tickets. No one's going to pay to see me. I, I fully understand that. But at the same point, it, it, that's, it's the principle behind the matter. So you have everybody that's in that image, every worker, every ref, um, you know, if there's shots with fans, fans may not be want, want to be on the background of that. Maybe they just want to be private to know that they're not, you know, they, they value their privacy. You have to look at the company and the company's uh, rights to it, uh, along with, uh, or the photographer, you know, secondarily, the photographer that took that image, you know, that's a big thing uh, with photography. There's been a lot, I, I know there's a couple of photographers that shoot shows that I've been on when I was uh, with other companies and even at Impact, you know, they have the right to that photo. So if a fan's using a photo that they did not take that. So you're running into to now one, two, potentially three levels of problems when it comes to the rights to that or the rights to be able to mass reproduce that. 
Yeah, this is not a new thing, by the way, either. Like, uh, you know, David, we had we've done some we've discovered some indie stuff from way back when, right? Like, how far yeah. back do you think we've seen some of this stuff? Well, okay, there's a couple of things I wanted to discuss today. One of them was, what do you guys consider truly an indie set? Is it a, is an indie set um, from an independent promotion, or is it just from an independent card company? If it's from an independent promotion, the first set that I'm aware of is 1993 Mid-South Wrestling Card Set. That's the first one that we have on our site. Um, I, I went back a little farther. It was like Omnipress, but I don't really – again, it's that, that's like an independent card company, but it's not an ind independent promotion. So if we're just going to stick with promotions, if we're going to stick with promotions, then um, 93 uh, Mid-South Wrestling Card Set is the first one that I'm aware of. And I'm sure there's others – before that that i haven't found but th that's the first one we have on our site i mean if i even go back i mean wouldn't that uh chucks or wouldn't uh like recently found out that jerry the king lawler had a card set back from 83 there you go i mean wouldn't that be an independent one well that well, that's it's just, that's it's just by one one person it's not the whole it's not the whole uh the whole roster of that that particular promotion does it does a does a does an independent card set have to be a, a, the entire roster? Can it just be about one person? In that roster? I mean, I, we have we have some like there's a guy in, in New York area, you know, Brimstone. You know, he he makes his own cards. You know, that considered an independent, you know, card. I mean, uh, it could, Lawler could be seen and it could be seen as an independent card. So granted, he in '83 he was the Booker of the Memphis Territory, yeah. and the Memphis Territory was a big territory. You yep. know, but it was just him. I mean, put it into, let's look at it for a second perspective, put it in the realms of other sports, you know, tops Panini. I mean, tops is really the big one, but tops does set specific to players. Like last year they did the Bryce, uh, the Bryce Harper, the top X Bryce Harper series this year. I think it's the, uh, the top X Pete Alonzo series mm -hmm. that they're doing. So they, you know, if the major card companies are doing one specific to certain people, I wouldn't, uh, I would say to say that that would qualify in my opinion, mm. if he's just doing it himself, it's not an actual Memphis territory card set. I mean, you'd have to think, and cause at the end of the day, he didn't work for like a WWE or anything like that. He's a 1099, just like everybody else. <laughs> so if you want to put it in that aspect, you, I think it would still qualify as an indie. So, and I would, I would agree with that, to be honest with you, because does Lawler have independence? If you had mentioned Brimstone, if you go through our our master checklist, there are actually a handful of guys that have put out their own card set. So I think that does qualify as an indie set. Now, furthermore, I understand why Lawler probably did his own set for two reasons. One, it spotlights himself. Lawler was all about pushing himself. Yeah, um, nobody in that nobody in that territory was going to be more notable than Lawler, only because he was the booker, and you don't trust anybody more than the booker meaning yourself right and the other reason he probably didn't put up a whole set is because again are you having to pay rights to the rest of the roster and you're looking at guys on that roster at that time where you know randy savage hogan came through there andre came through there you had huge names that had come through memphis back in the early 80s so you know again where you're gonna have to pay rights. so it's just a lot easier to put a set on himself and not have to worry about paying anybody else Hey, you know, uh, our last talk we had with uh, with Chuckster and, and Paul, we're like, hey, we're going to put together a card set of all the uh, hardcore collectors. <laughs> we're going to put, we're going to make a David Porto card and a Chuckster card. And <laughs> Good Lord. Yeah. <laughs> we need to do it. That could be, that be some of your uh, gimmick cards for donations. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, right. As a matter of fact, speaking of the donation ones, I just talked to uh, the guy who's the artist for my first card. And uh, we're, we definitely are going to probably do some more down the road. 
But, uh, you know, I, I, I get the approval from the talent first. I've already talked to the talent. The talent's like, yeah, whatever you need, man. It's a passion project for you. Just send me some cards. I'll sign them for you. Now, we're, get- we're talking about that Jerry Lawler set. I just found a set uh, last week, and I've got it in my possession right now. It's a set that they put out with uh, Bruiser Brody. And yeah. it's an awesome-looking set. And uh, Barbara Goodish is involved in it, and she shares in the profits of whatever sold on it. But it's like a 20-card set, and it's amazing. Isn't that and, through? That's through High Spots, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah, and it was only like 10 bucks, and, and it's a beautiful set. Nice. So, yeah. Might have to pick some of those there's, up. There's, I think they're only going to make 2,000. I think there's a 2,000 print run on that one. So, you know, once I'm, they're well, gone, they'll be gone. But here again, here again, they got permission from his wife to do that. They didn't just go out and make the set. So, I mean, I'm finding so many now going, doing some more research on stuff. I'm finding so many card sets right now that are just somebody said, Hey, I got some Photoshop skills. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And I'm going to put on my site. I'm going to make some money off of it. (laughs) Yeah. And at least the fact that like high spots and and obviously Mike and high spots are great about when it comes to that sort of thing. And the fact that they went to, uh, they went to Barbara Goodish and asked because Brody was one of those. And we've all seen the documentaries and everything. Sure. Brody was a business guy. Mm-hmm. So I would not have been surprised if he would have been probably one of the first. Uh, I don't know. Um, and I don't have the time to go back and check IP records. But mm-hmm. I would not be surprised if in the 80s, if he had IP'd um, or copyrighted the name Bruiser Brody, you know, because um, he was a business guy. Like he saw that was his future. So that's fantastic. That, that's, that's fantastic. Nice. That's nice. We, because uh, there's, there's talks about the copywriting issues too. There's been uh, some discussion about that as well. I mean, it's a, it's a process to go through that. I actually got approached by someone about wanting to know about WTC property and if we were copyrighted and this, that, and the other. It made me a little nervous, actually. I just kind of, just going to throw that out there. <laughs> made a little nervous about It's It's a safeguard. It's a safeguard. Um, you know, um, I mean, it doesn't mean much for me. Like I have my LLC. I mean, it's more of a for protection for me if something was to happen in an event, you know what I mean? Or in a show or something would happen in that aspect um, because it's my, le- you know, I use my legal name. So there's no reason for me to, to copyright that. But I mean, for your talent, I mean, um, I mean, the best example I know of is, is Billy Gunn. Like Billy Gunn was just smart enough to realize that his name, the copyright on his name had lapsed. And this is at a time where uh, I guess uh, WWE wasn't really keeping up on their IP, you know, or the majority of it, at least. Mm -hmm. Obviously the big ones like Hulk Hogan, that's a whole nother issue and whatever. But, um, and he got the name and he is smart enough to stay on the name. And that's why he's been able to use that name and that trademark outside of WWE. And and that just makes it easier for him to market himself when he's no longer with them. But that's why he can use it everywhere he goes is because he owns the rights to that name and owns the IP. Yeah, I don't have to call him formerly known as or also known as anymore. (laughs) Yeah, and it's a a huge advantage. And I mean, for, for anything, especially when you're looking at reproducing things, large or small, you know, and maybe it's because of just the explosion of the business in the past, what, five to six years. I mean, I've been on the forefront of it. I was with the other companies that I've been with and how this, the business has really just come up in the past five, six, I would say what this is 2020, I would say about the past five to six years, give or take, you know, and I think that's once, once there's more money to be made for everybody, then you have to start worrying about that because if this was 2012, 2013, you know what I mean? Probably a lot of this would be still be under the radar. Yeah. But also we're looking 2012, 2013, granted it's only seven, eight years ago. 
technology isn't what it is now, even from then. So now guys, even at home, can print their own shit right now and not have to worry about it. Uh, right. Because print costs are so low now. Even if you want to go someplace, a local printer, and get them done, yeah. it's they're just producing these things without any care in the world. Like, they're going to make money off this. Like, I'm going to make a set because I saw him when he was in PWG, and now I see him over in WWE. So I'm going to go ahead and use this image. You know, And they're walking a fine line. <laughs> they're really... Yep, very fine line. Once again, look at all the laws you have to go through. Talent, photographer, if that picture is owned by the company rather than the photographer or if it's a joint ownership, you know, I mean, that's stuff you have to think about, even stuff like in promo photos and stuff like that, that, you know, talent we use, like I have promo photos that I use when I'm trying to advertise bookings or seminars that I do or anything like that. And I've got to go through levels just to get a green light to Hey, can I use this? Even something as simple as like my impact promo picture. Yeah, we got guys like a uh, member of, you know, Bart over at AWS, David. Uh, he's got that guy. Uh, he's been doing his photos for, you know, live events every time for, I think, the last 10 years or so. And uh, I think they put out an AWS trading card set. Oh, did yeah. they? Yeah, I think they did. Yeah, I, did, um, I think I, I posted a happy birthday to like Candace. What's her was face? There, was there a baby slim card in well, the AWS? Did, did, I probably, probably. Yeah. Yep. Fantastic. Oh, nice. I'm a huge fan of Baby Slim, so. <laughs> I, I'm, I, I, have a long I, love... I have a long relationship with Adam Pierce. Uh, <laughs> WWE. Yeah. Um, and I did, I've done my fair share of work out in California with Marquez and all that. So I've heard the stories about AWS and yep. Baby Slim. It just, yeah, I, I remember. I, I've heard all about it. We've, we've known those guys for, God, almost uh, 15 years or so at least. Oh, yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe longer. Used yeah, to watch. Stuff they did back in 2018, back before AEW became a thing. They did that all-in pay-per-view with uh, had the Impact Wrestling. Sure, yeah, the, uh, a great example. New Japan. Yeah. That is an awesome set. I got it here. It now, who now on. who put that out? Was that High Spots? Uh, it, I'm not sure where I got it from. I just ordered it online. Um, it don't have a company name on it. I believe it might have been Pro Wrestling Tees. Might have been the ones that produce it. They, they but they've got everything. some pretty pretty nice cards, and and it's and it's a combination of different organizations. You know, like your Impact, your AEW guys, uh, your New Japan guys, uh, and I think there was another company in there too. I that, can't remember what it was off the top. That, of my head. That's that was that's that you have your Cody cards. You know, yeah, uh, yeah. My understanding is that set was pretty wild, uh, yeah. pretty widely released. Wiley, yeah, thank you. That's, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of these. Yeah, out there. They're not hard to get a hold of, and it's 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 a nice set to have in your collection. I gotta assume though, because that set was so widely released that, and that was a pay per view. There probably was some permission to do that um, from all the companies and all the wrestlers involved. Yeah, that might have been more of just a talent decision. I mean, once the company um, gives them permission to do the show, obviously. So they they're probably they probably just signed a a, a regular waiver. You know what I mean? For likeness and image, you know what I mean? And when there's collaboration, and that's the best thing about the business. Now you see a lot of the collaboration that's going on. It opens up avenues for something like that, but that's probably taken into account though. That's probably something that's thought about. You know what I mean? Yeah. When it comes to when you're going to collaborate, um, when you're talking about your properties and your images and your likenesses and your IP is okay. Well, this is going to help us make us look good. So you're, you know, so we, we, I think everybody in that situation was probably more clairvoyant as to what was, you know, what was going on. We have a lot of catching up to do, David, when it comes to these checklists for independent stuff. <laughs> I swear to God, we have so much. Oh, yeah, I know it's going to be. Yeah. Full up right now. Well, there you go. I already, we already got all, so I'm yeah. not too worried about it. Yeah. You know, it's funny when I was doing research on indie cards, when I got into it several years ago, there were guys doing what 
what you were talking about earlier, Tony, they were doing virtual cards. They had, there was some guy that had created card upon card and they were kind of like the old, I can't remember the set. Um, it was like that magazine set where it had the like all stars down the side or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Or, and they had done a set, but you couldn't buy those. Those were all, he said, if you want to print them, go for it, but you couldn't buy them. There's a guy that we, hundreds that, of those. Cards. There's a guy that, uh, that uh, follows us on our Twitter page like that. He does that. He makes some really beautiful designs. When uh, uh, PWI put out their top 500, he started making images for all of them with facsimile autographs on his cards, but they're just, it's just graphic design. He doesn't print them, doesn't sell them. You can pretty much download them if you want, do them yourself kind of thing, but something just yeah. like that. And that's where yeah, that, but is that is that I'm sorry. Is that really an is that really an indie set? That's some guy designing. If because now I can print it myself. I don't really feel like that's an indie set. I've, uh, I I would. And I'll tell you why. And I'll tell you why. And I and I, and you know I, I, this is probably why he didn't print them. Is because of the fact he didn't want into uh, he didn't want to run into the IP problem with the images or the photographers. I mean, technically so, speaking, wouldn't anybody want to not run into the IP problem? I mean, come on. Well, well here's the, well, here, there's, here's, this is kind of the workaround basically is if you design something, it qualifies under the uh, creative commons, basically where you're using it. Um, I guess the best way for it, you're using it almost in a cosplay sense. You're not cosplaying a character, but it falls into that, that cosplay. Well, in some aspects, it also falls into a, um, I have a friend of mine does stuff like that for Star Wars war stuff and for uh hellraiser stuff and he just basically it's a parody version of of, of what you know it's his interpretation of some of this piece of pr property exactly. like like what i um and i i just i have um like when I, I started doing this in the past not even year but like um i'll have special vests uh that i'll wear to pay-per-view days with the logo on like like bound for glory or hard to kill or pay-per-view in january i'll have clothing made with the logo on it and um it got a got a pop in the back, um, <laughs> you know, and the fans liked it. Um, but it falls under that Creative Commons, uh, that Creative Commons slash cosplay use, like you're talking about. So it allows me to be able to do that and be able to get that image put on fabric, um, to be able to do that. So it's not, and I'm not because I'm not reselling it. It that's really where the line is going to be. Uh, Chuckster, because you you collect more of this than anybody else right now that I know. It's like, is there any sign of this indie stuff? slowing down or has it become like the popular thing right now it's kind of the thing to do right now because if, when it comes to the main main promotion wwe tops has got that so locked in and they're just releasing so much stuff over and over and over again that's just so repetitive people are looking for something new plus these new independent sets that's coming up actually have stars in it that may or may not one day be in the big leagues sure and it'd be so cool to like 10 years down the road, like Joe Cool has a card now, and 10 years later he becomes Joe Fantastic. It's like, oh, I have him when he was he was this young, young kid and wrestling in this little independent in this little small town. That's what kind of make that uh, that's what kind of made that FCW event. That FCW cards that became pretty popular when all those guys, you know, Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose, all those guys became big stars, you know, and AJ Lee, they were all a part of that FCW set, and that stuff is impossible. Yeah, Here's Roman Reigns in there. You had uh, Adam Rose. There was uh, Brodus Clay. There was a ton of them. Yeah. He, he, Here's he the real question. Within there. Brand. Here's the real question, though. Maybe this is, and I'm looking at maybe because I'm in, I, I do a lot. Majority of what I do is in the baseball world. So I collect and I collect uh, PSA, BGC, that sort of thing. Is 
what if if you're someone that's looking at it from a collector slash maybe a secondary investment outside mm-hmm. of just your casual collecting what are those cards going to hold in terms of a value if they're not in a quote like a tops or if they're not in a tristar or if they're not in a panini if they're not actually reaching out to the actual major card companies to collaborate on that doesn't matter it doesn't matter now we have things from like I don't know how much you've getting involved when it comes into the, uh, there they are right there. When you get into the uh, wrestling card aspect of it, but uh, as a longtime collector of wrestling cards myself, seeing the explosion in the last six to eight months now because of graded cards, we've mentioned PSA, BSG. I mean, those are just, uh, I mean, a rock card that came out of a game, a freaking game board game is selling for five grand. I mean, come on. But that's, that's rock though. I mean, even still back then we didn't know so much then. Okay, but now, of course, we know now. So the same thing can be applied towards these indie cards where I can go ahead and find someone who's a Joe Blow. He becomes Joe Blow Plus now 10 years down the road. I mean, who knows? Well, I think a prime example, I think a prime example of that is the PWG set that those that came out. You're lucky to find a set of that. Well, shit, those cards, $100 a piece sometimes. Yeah. Those FCW cards, $100 a piece. Minimum. I don't think it really matters. Yeah, minimal. They're so hard to come by. And if you do find them, you're going to pay bank for those cards. I don't think it really matters. Me personally, and we're talking paying bank as a raw card, not even graded. Right, exactly, exactly. And, and, and me personally, I love the idea of indie cards because it brings us guys from around the country, girls from around the country we may not see here in California or, or whatnot. Um, some card sets are more popular than others, but I don't, I think Tony's right. I don't think it really matters. Right now, th- these indie cards are going for money and for good money. And especially as the guys move up the card, especially as they move into the bigger promotions, those card values are only going up. And they're only getting harder to find. That's the one thing about the indie cards. You're only maybe having a thousand print run, a 500 print run. So there's not a lot out there. So if you're not getting them when they first come out, you're going to pay a lot of money to get them. Yeah, that's why. That's why if I had my own company, I would actually try to go to like an independent card maker because I think there's that's that's still an untapped market. You wouldn't have to. You wouldn't have to go to an independent card maker if you want to make your own money and be in your own business. You can pro print them yourself through services. Yeah, but then see, maybe this is because maybe this is my collecting specifically, but I like relics and I, I like the little, little, the, sure. as that goes with it. So now you're looking at something because I mean, a big thing within just in the collecting in general, I've seen is people collecting ring worn gear. So, you know, the ability to even take that a step further on the independent level, because if we can print our own at home, that's great. But, you know, it's in the limited print runs are still going to exist, obviously, regardless of what the cost overhead of it is. But if you can take something on an independent level and get ring worn gear or something like that and start going into that, that next level with the cards, the value of those, especially if the values are, if, 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 the, if, the, if we have not seen the top and we've not seen the bubble burst basically within the hobby, because I know at least in other sports where the, the question's now being out there, where is the top with this? Because the entire trading card hobby as a whole has just expanded over the past of course. few months, obviously gives them what's going on with coronavirus. Mm-hmm. So if, so my mind, because I'm, I'm thinking, okay, how can I maximize, you know, maximize the money basically because we there's a there's an opportunity here is all right well i want to go to that next level then if i'm an independent promoter i want to go to an independent i want to go and see if i can get some of the boys to actually donate ring or or pay for it you know once again you got to spend money to make money but go to that next level just beyond the actual raw card go into that next level so when you get to that point that if those talent hits 
you know, the bigger companies, whether it's an impact in AEW, WWE, any yeah, of this but these, you have, you have to understand, these independent, you should know better, it's independent companies too, they're on a shoestring budget as it is, I don't think uh, investing in trying to make uh, event-worn trading cards is going to be uh, something within their wheelhouse. There's ones I think that actually have the capability of doing it. And that's saying something from the independents mm-hmm. myself. Um, I mean, I've, I've seen the best of the independents in terms of companies. Um, I never worked for PWG, unfortunately. It's still one of the few in the U.S. I have yet to, that I would wish I could have worked for uh, before they stopped running, while everybody stopped running. But, um, mm-hmm. uh, but, I, but there are companies out there that uh, the, the indie companies that do it right, that actually run their company as a business and not just trying to pocket a few extra dollars at the expense of paying people $20 and a hot dog. Mm-hmm. If they think about it in the grand scheme of being able to try to operate it as a profitable business, they can have the avenue to do that. So you're now we're now we're talking about the semantics between the real com- like the real indie companies and the not so indie companies. You know, the one and what I've noticed, especially now coming now that things are starting to move again in the U.S. is especially your, your upper level talent and even a lot of your indie talent that ha- doesn't have a name yet, they're not looking at those smaller companies anymore. They're looking at the companies and especially because, you know, safe, this is a secondary thing with safety and health and wellness right now. You know what I mean? They're going to look for those companies that do right and that do business right. And if you're doing business right, you're making money. So now, so then that opens up the, that extra avenue of thought to be able to take that next step. The unfortunate thing though is the unfortunate thing here in this industry, I think is that wrestling trading cards is always, and like every sport until is looked upon as the least collectible thing (laughs) is trading cards. I was going to say that. I mean, I feel like when I go to indie shows, um, the things that sell the most are going to be photos, uh, autograph, I mean, t-shirts, photos and autographs and pictures yeah. with, I always feel like the trading cards are always at the bottom of the list. I'm always shocked when I find trading cards, I'll be the guy to buy it, but most of the time they're not selling. So I just don't feel like I understand where you're coming from, but I just don't feel like promotions, any promotions are going to put that kind of money out there to create those kind of cards. When in all honesty, they're at the bottom rung of collectibles. I think there's things at that table that, are going to sell much faster and it's easier to put money into. Like and t-shirts. I, that's why you get yeah, t-shirts. You, t-shirts fly off the shelves. Those guys can't keep t-shirts, you know, in their bags or in their boxes, whatever. They're gone so quickly, but trading cards, photos, stuff like that. That's, that's stuff you, that, that does sell. I really wish they, that there was like a prerequisite. If you were going to be in the wrestling industry that you took economics 101, <laughs> because there's a million ways you can spin that with t-shirts and with everything else and not just have them as a standalone product, you know, and, and that's just that, once again, that's just next level thinking um, is, you know, and I, I, I wish there was a lot of prerequisites you need to take to be able to get in, to be able to start venturing into the wrestling business um, because that's what it is. It, it's a business, you know, you, we're yeah, all but you gotta to keep, keep in mind, sorry to interrupt you. Keep in mind though, in general, collecting trading cards is at the bottom of almost every collectible thing. So the, Absolutely. you have, you have the minority you're talking the minute minority of people are even interested in trading cards. For you, me, Tony, Chuck, we're all into it. We see that shit and we want to buy it. We want that. But we are the minority. We're like the 1% of the 1%. <laughs> yeah. So that's why I'm saying I, I totally get where you're coming from. But you're talking about a group of people that is so minute that the interest is so low that I – 
I just don't feel like you're you're trying to pander to the wrong people. They're just not. There's just not an interest from the majority of the people in the in the general public or the wrestling. And, and despite and despite how popular cards are getting right now, because cards now as a whole. It's not like trading cards are like, oh my God, they have trading cards. Like, I mean, we had baseball and basketball and football. I mean, I collect them as a kid too. I mean, for years, I mean, I've been collecting cards for damn near 40 years now. So it's just, um, it's the trading card business is never had like, we don't know about it. It's just that now in the last, especially year, and especially since COVID hit, yeah. uh, we've had so much interest in like, wow, you can watch a card that sold for a hundred dollars five months ago is now selling for, you know, $2,000 because yeah. it, the interest is so high right now. So now's a good time for across wrestling and baseball and everything. It's like dealing in stock. I've always treated trading cards like stock market. You got to know when to buy and when to sell. You, you took the words right out of my mouth because what, what you're seeing, and I, I've, I've, I've done some listening. I've, I've listened to some podcasts over the past uh, couple of weeks that actually um, go into that. And, and I think that there is a, there will be a market potentially for wrestling to fall into that, especially with your older and your vintage stuff. And it already is. It's already yeah, there. Yeah, yeah it, where it's being traded actually as commodities. I know of, a, of a, an investment fund that's out there that, like a big part of their portfolio was actually in LeBron, uh, LeBron graded rookie cards or trout, uh, trout. Rookie I just, cards. I read, I read an article about that recently too. I think ESPN did an article about this whole thing. Yeah. And it's, and it's just, it's another way of just diversifying your investments. Right. I mean, like I have behind my laptop here, I've got, uh, two or three uh, Fernando Tatis, uh, different uh, rookie cards that are all graded. And I've got a Luis Roberts uh, from the White Sox, who's the hottest rookie this year that's graded. And for me, I see those as a secondary investment. Absolutely. Uh, investment for the future. So I think there, and, and, and there's a side point, David, and, I, and I'll think about this. And this is from my personal experience behind uh, at a merch table at an indie show, because I don't sell anything with my name or my likeness uh, because I subscribe to the theory that, you know, ref is never going to draw tickets. We're not, you guys don't come to pay to see us. It's the diehards that know who we are, which is great, but we're not selling tickets. So I, I so I, I, but I had a sponsorship with a clothing company out of the UK. So I, and I had merch that I could sell at indie shows. And, you know, there is a market for people that will buy t-shirts out the Yahoo, no matter what, but, but there is a segment and it may be, I don't think it's necessarily a small segment, but there's a segment of people that just can't do $20 every month, or if they're going to buy multiple shirts or something, they want something that's going to be priced less. So that's, and that's why I think maybe some guys are working out <laughs> they're missing, like where they're missing like a trading card option or the promotions missing out on that opportunity. Even if it's not like a relic or something, even in that base and even in that small set um, is because the fact is, is, you know, for those people that they spent what money they could just to come and see the show and they don't have that that kind of disposable income. That that's something that definitely uh, that definitely could be advantage. And once again, I wish you know wrestlers need to take economics 101 because you got to be able to pander to everybody to make money. You're missing out. It's a lost opportunity. So that's why I had multiple things catering multiple different price points. And I always could wheel, I could always wheel and deal as I want to, you know, to, to, cause I, at the end of the day, I want to be able to make the people happy that are coming to the shows that have already spent their money to come to the show. So it's once again, it's just a lost opportunity. No, I agree with you. We're talking about a, a, a uh, not, not finding wrestling cards at the independent shows. Uh, there's a place out in California or Los Angeles, I believe it was, it's called PCW ultra. And they were releasing cards at yep. their shows for like about five bucks a clip for each one of their ones. And when the pandemic hit, they stopped the shows. They couldn't release the cards anymore, but they do still have them on their website. And they only did like 200 of each one. 
and they are worth grabbing up. They're a nice looking set. So, but as far as releasing at shows, that's the only one I've found that's ever done that. I have a question. Been, go ahead, David. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I've been, I've been to a few shows that I think I was in um, Charlotte when I picked up a full set um, from a show that was there. Um, um, Shikara, they would release cards at their oh, yeah. shows. Yep. Um, I'm trying to think of there's there's a few there's there's indie shows around. Unfortunately, you know, indie shows are they're spread out throughout the country. So whatever area you're in is what you're basically limited to unless you can find them online. So but they're out there. Absolutely. Um, it's just they're just harder to find. But thank God for the Internet and eBay and and Chuck's here for bringing them all to life. Well, here's the thing. And this is another thing, too, is, I mean, not just the Internet and eBay, but the relationships with the people that you build through the hobby that are right. in different parts of the country allow that opportunity to where if you're going to an indie show that, hey, see if they have trading cards. You know what I mean? I mean, uh, with the, with the <laughs> our relationship, David, is based off of, off of this really. I mean, that's, that's how we met. Exactly. The relationships that I have yeah. with, uh, the, 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 with people that I've met through baseball cards, uh, through when I started my YouTube channel back uh, in the spring and all that, it, it's now it's like, okay, well, product is so hard to get right now uh, in retail where we're all shopping out if we go out somewhere. Like um, I went to a store on Friday and found some NFL mosaic from Panini um, that uh, one guy had never seen on his shelves at all. So I just took a picture of it. And he literally just messaged me right back saying, I want all of them. And so I got him and he gave me a little bit extra just for my time and all, which is great. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? But so it's also those relationships of people from different parts of the country that you see. So I, I you know, if they're going to an indie show, because obviously if you have that type of relationship with, with people, you know, if they're going to an indie show. Or That's uh, kind of what uh, Chuck did with, you know, you and Paula built up quite a relationship and exchanging uh, a lot of things that you couldn't, each one of you, like, I didn't know about this and you guys help each other out. Yeah, I had never even uh, met Paul in person until we started these podcasts, and uh, we've just communicated through email ever since he released his price guide book back what in two thousand ten, I believe. Two thousand ten, and we've been we've been corresponding back and forth since then. But these shows is the first time I've actually met him in person. You guys uh, help each other out big time. Again, it's, it's the, the industry itself. I mean, the, the collecting the hobby itself, it brings people together, especially when you have like a, a common interest. I mean, that's how David and I met and how we started WTC to begin with, because before there was WTC, there was a site called ComCollect. That's a site that I built. Uh, where we're just archiving and, and kind of pricing out uh, wrestling cards, uh, Buffy, Playboy, and uh, Star Wars. And uh, that's what, and WTC kind of is, it became from that. I'll tell you a wrestling card set that I found, and it's not it's not so indie, but one that I didn't even know existed um, until I started doing some digging, and I found this out from someone that I, I met on uh, Twitter um, was that because uh, I've been trying to do my videos when I do wrestling, I'm trying to stick with uh, Impact and TNA. Obviously, sure. Impact right now there hasn't been a card set for years. I wish they would release a card set on the new on the on the, the roster we have now. That would be great, and I know there's been a been an ask for it. Like there's people asking for it, but you know, it, hopefully that comes one day. I don't know. Uh, it's above my pay grade, but um, I found a, a hobby box of 2004 um, TNA cards from Pacific. Did, did, didn't you hit? Oh, wait. Who, who hit me up? Somebody hit me up about wanting to go in halves on that. 
I think that was me. That was yeah. Because I was looking to see if someone wanted to, wanted to like sponsor it, and I just send them the cards. Like I open it on my video basically, <laughs> and then I would send the cards out. And I saw that hobby box, and there's only like two of them left. And one guy who actually the, the guy that I, uh, the other guy that I talked to about it out of that pulled a um, a Dusty Rhodes autograph out of that because it's one of like the four autograph options in it. So it's it, it just insane. Well, we we haven't released it yet, but uh, Chuckster and and Paul and I we we broke that set down our last uh, episode. Uh, the, two th- the 2004 Pacific set, we talked about all the different rookies, which you call, we call them first appearances. We don't consider it rookie. That's a whole different topic. Don't you want to yeah. talk about We already had, we already had an, we already had a discussion about it. <laughs> um, and uh, that's a beautiful card set, I think. And it has a lot of cool key people in that set. We talked about it, but yeah, it's amazing to me how that box price went up. I think you said it was like 175 for that box. 200, 200, 200. actually. 200 yeah, that Dusty Rhodes autograph and the uh, Roddy Piper autograph from that set's going anywhere from two to $300 a piece right now. Yeah. There you go. That's, yeah. that's why. I mean, ungraded. <laughs> <laughs> now, now here's another question let's expand upon this for a second from an independent level so we got so you know that there's a chance that a lot of those people on the independents may not make it to, to to television or to a bigger company most won't what's the point do you look at of looking of trying to get those independent cards graded a can you get them graded from psa or beckett or wherever, or B, where do you draw that line? Where do you look into it? Or is it possible? One of the guys to talk about that with, I mean, I don't know his his take on especially current stuff, but, you know, obviously David Peck and Rob England are, are the kings of of wrestling cards that are graded. I mean, they, they, they set the market. Because of their years of dedication and getting this stuff graded and hunting the stuff down is why we have such high prices in wrestling card right now. They're, I mean, that's what they, they started. Let's just be honest. You say high prices, but the prices aren't really that bad. I mean, like, when, a, when, a, when a Hogan card sells for $20,000, I think it's pretty high priced. Okay. That's not bad. I'm talking, <laughs> about, I'm talking about in general, like the, I, the, the only time I've winced on, on a, on a, on a box of wrestling cards, I know this is the main shoes. Yeah. I mean, I'm sitting, I'm sitting on some stuff here based on their recommendations that I've had that I pulled out of here that I probably, if I get, nines and tens out of these cards we're looking at probably somewhere between ten and twenty thousand dollars for the graded cards right here oh that's fantastic like, i mean i, I saw to- tops for, did uh put the price tag on their transcendent box for wwe at like twelve thousand it's still 15 like, grand okay, that's, i was like okay that's i was like that's that's uh, i i can't see anyone and maybe it's just me it's because i'm in the business so I'm not hey, hey, but hey it sold out yeah, so Are where's, you that to, where's that ticket to SummerSlam? Oh where's that ticket to SummerSlam? This is their second year. In a regular card is they just put a little gold border uh, trim around, not not painted on, but like well, a little frame, a little gold I, frame. Actually, looked at, actually, no, I looked card. at it, the number set, the, the, the number sets as to what's included. It's all top names. It's like Lesnar, Lesnar, uh, like it's Lesnar autos, which Lesnar. Well, it's got, it's got a, it's got a Vince auto in it, which is a big thing. And everything's like numbered to 20 or less. Yeah. Yeah. And then it came with like a ticket to SummerSlam, which I don't know. Uh, I think this year, because this is our second year doing transcendent last year was a $10,000 product. And I think it had. If I'm not mistaken, it came in like an original Money in the Bank case, and it uh, all. So it, it was. I looked at this year's and this year's came in like the silver transcending cases that baseball did and all that. But like I was looking at the list of what's included, and like some of it kind of made me go, okay. Like I mean, I love wrestling. I grew up on it, like just like everybody else. So like when I saw like Undertaker Auto, I was like okay, like, I could see that, like, Brock, I'm like, okay, I could, like, I see some of the novelty up, and then I looked down, like, ticket to SummerSlam, I was like, 
who's going to pay twelve thousand dollars for a ticket? <laughs> like, you know, and obviously this year with coronavirus, that didn't happen. So yeah. What, what are you going to get with that? Like, I just I couldn't like I just couldn't fathom the price put in the transcendent box. But it got me thinking. Like, okay, now that we're in, we're talking independence. I'm like, okay, like guys that are coming up in the independence like that have cards like where do you want to draw that line as to where where do you decide to get those graded well, that's but that's that's you as a fan though it's you as a fan to determine what you're a, who you're a fan of and who you're yeah. kind of and you are it those are that's what i consider long-term stock options those are long-term st- investments oh, yeah. you you have no idea like you know what i've seen this guy perform i like this guy named brian danielson i hope he's going to be a star one day yeah. and you know you invest in him <laughs> Yeah. So, but questions. Let's say you have, like, let's say in theory, there's a Danielson card that's out there from 2000 to 2003. In theory, just mm-hmm. hypothetically. Obviously, you don't know that he's going to become Daniel Bryan. You don't know he's going to have the the career from Ring of Honor um, to NXT WWE and everything else that he did. Where do you draw the line and saying, okay, can I get this graded for the long term investment? Like, is there even a set definition from the grading card companies? Well, they will grade well, independent cards. And here, and here's, and here's the problem. And here, and great that you mentioned that. So, I have a friend of mine who recently got hired by PSA back in really? March. He got he got hired back in March and in April. So you need to thank him for me. That, that <laughs> PSA speeding up everything. Finally, I've had some cards. I've, I sent them a couple months ago that I still haven't got back on 20 days. Well, it's all right. You're not going to get them back anytime soon. I've got guys who have submitted stuff back in January. haven't got their stuff yet. Um, so, um, you know, if you read that article that came out on ESPN talking about uh, uh, PSA, it's like, they're backlogged 1.5 million cards. Wow. No, that's how far back they are. So they've they've doubled their their employees, and they're still having the double submissions coming in. That's why all their rules have changed, their price points have changed. Uh, they've gotten rid of their their platinum. Uh, you know, all that stuff's changed. So when I talked to him, I said, "Oh, well, it's great. I got a job there." He goes, "Yeah." So my interview process, I sat with a lady who talked to me and asked me what my experience was on doing research because he's a researcher for them now. He said, "Well, I've really hadn't done anything, but my friend." I helped out when he had a ComCollect site, became WrestlingTradingCards.com, and the lady goes, hold on a second. WrestlingTradingCards.com? Yeah, it's like, we use that site all the time to authenticate cards. Really? So we're, we've been, we were the standard that people were looking at, and they still use our site for older vintage stuff. If it doesn't exist on our site, they probably will turn down your submission for that because it does, it's not real. We don't know. Wow, that's amazing. That so is, that's another reason, another reason why we're trying to get everything back up because we're about five years behind now and we want to get it all up. To, so if we have it on our site, PSA and Beckett then looks at it and goes, okay, this is legit. It's a real card. We can grade it. We can slab it. So your website basically then will set the market for independent cards. You're it, in that position then where you can, you can say this is worth something. Yes. Well, we don't, we don't, we don't set values at all. The values, but you're at least giving it. We authenticate it. Yes, that it exists in it the exists. world. That's real. Then PSA will go in great. That's amazing. Correct. Because now that opens the door then to make, and I mean, and it, obviously, hopefully the word gets around on the independent, because that's something that may actually spark an actual, uh, and, uh, and, and I don't want to say explosion, it's not really the good word, but could it could uh, start building the bubble that's going to be independent wrestling card trading. I, I think I think if, uh, if if it gets out more, I mean, indie cards right now is why we're having this discussion are so popular right now. Yeah. But I think it can still continue to keep growing with the rest of it. Uh, once people start going, wait, I, I can get this authenticated. I can have it graded because grading is new for 
I, all three of us, I think, for definitely us. I mean, I, I've yeah. bought Greatest Start, but I've never submitted anything in my life before. Well, I take that back. When I was at Frankenstein Collectible Show back in the day, I used to have uh, Russ over there work for Beckett, and he'd get my Tiger Woods cards graded. But um, I, I, we're not experienced on on getting the submission process. So yeah. uh, I think that once we start getting the site updated, people are going to start going, wow, so these are there's a shit ton of cards I never knew about that exist. Um, and I think it's going to help. It's definitely going to help. It can't hurt, put it that way. Yeah, I have a I have a feeling we're gonna actually create a subcategory just for indie cards, um, because it is so popular and because, it, for lack of a better term, it is more or less becoming widely um, produced. They're out there. There's a lot of them out there, and I feel like they definitely need their own section. And I think they need to be spotlighted. Um, we were spotlighting some indie cards um, a few years ago. Yeah. Um, as people were sending us stuff, yeah, uh, like, hey, getting, here, ha here, have a set of ours so we can scan it and get information on it. And they give us all the information. Then David would put it as a featured set in the main page. Yeah. And then what I would do also is on the checklist page, I would literally link um, to the actual uh, uh, website that you could go purchase those indie cards as well. So trying to give people every opportunity to go buy them and own them themselves was a goal of ours. But again, like Tony says, we didn't set the price or the market or anything like that. We just made sure they existed and gave people the opportunity to, to purchase them if they were interested. But it, the way, thing, the way yeah. things are going right now, they're just unbelievable. I, that book you got there, Chuckster, I honestly, I, I dread and am excited to see what you're going to be sending me when we start. Because <laughs> oh. I'm so far behind in just WWE stuff. I can't even imagine how far we, uh, behind we are in the uh, independent stuff i mean it's just it's probably on par with each other as far as sets per set yeah just just in uh independent card sets alone i've got four binders full of them i mean that's crazy I, i've probably got 75 80 binders worth of wrestling cards from about uh, the mid 80s on up and i'm talking about independent i'm talking about japanese i'm talking about some russian cards i'm talking about all the top stuff i've got pretty much Pretty much uh, spent most of my, uh, ex you know, <laughs> expendable cash on it, <laughs> and uh, got a lot of, like, got a lot of years into it. I told Tony the other day I probably have 250, 300 different sets. Makes wow. me wonder, especially because I've I've been on TV for a few years and on the upper levels. I wonder if I'm on any of those cards. I don't think anyone <laughs> made one of me specifically, but it makes you wonder: Am I in any of the photography that's on any of that? Because that's one I would like to have that I would absolutely, when the time comes, I would send it off and get. Well, great. some someday uh, when we get the site updated with all the indie stuff and have the images put up there, you are free to peruse to your heart's content to see if you're in any of those cards. <laughs> I heard, I, I what organization were you mostly with? So I can look. I'll, I'll look on the cards. Uh, impact for three years. I did evolve for eight and a half years. Um, did evolve release a set? No, uh, Phil Singer Games had an evolve set. I think they did their own artwork, so I don't think I was on any of that because I think they did their own artwork for the was that a, that was a card game, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a card game. Yeah. yeah, card game. Um, it didn't, yeah. at least to me, I saw it, thought it was cool, and it, I, it, I didn't see it necessarily pick up a lot of traction. Um, but I know they did it for Evolve and Dragon Gate USA. Um, I know right. from a California end, I was around Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, 2010, 11, early 12. Did you do anything with, star uh, with Stardom? 
Now, uh, who would I, no, uh, I haven't done anything. I haven't done anything with uh, with Japan. I did Dragon Gate USA. Well, I'm just saying because uh, Stardom did a tour of California a few years back, and then they yeah, no, all the talent that came over brought a whole bunch of these trading cards with them uh, packs, and so I inherited like 38 packs of this stuff, and like it was phenomenal stuff. Yeah, the closest thing to Japan I would have besides Dragon Gate USA was I did um, my first week, my first tele, my first episode of Impact TV. Um, I officiated a uh, uh, Noah the GHC heavyweight title. I officiated GHC and a sanctioned GHC heavyweight title matchup on TV. Uh, Eddie Edwards and Elio De Fantasma, and I know it made the magazines out there. I actually have a couple copies of that up here at my house uh, from where it made the the weekly magazines. And there's a picture of me holding up the GHC title on there, so I know it made it in that aspect. Um, but did some California stuff and then kind of honestly after that, just before that, uh, did some Ring of Honor stuff 2008 to 10 and then uh, Midwest, basically stuck to the Midwest and a little bit of East Coast. Did you do anything with so- SoCal Pro Wrestling? Because I know they released two card sets. I did. I think I worked. I don't know if it, were they out of Anaheim? No, San Diego. So, no, I didn't do SoCal. That's uh, through um, Jeff. No, yeah, it's the I guy. Think, yeah, Jeff. Yeah. See, I think I think it might have been Mach 1. Um, Because when I would always go out there, I would always double up. Um, uh, The guys at uh, Hollywood would help me get bookings in other places. I think it might have been Mach 1 in Anaheim I worked for. um, And then for Marquez. And then um, I think the other times I was out there, I was working for like Dragon Gate USA. So we were, we were working with indie promoters, but we weren't necessarily working the indie companies proper. It was just under the banner of uh, Dragon Gate USA or Evolve or whatever. Good old Marquez. I mean, uh, I'll never forget that time when we were at uh, Greg Price's show back east. and you, He came up to that microphone in front of your face and man, you cut a promo of all promos. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. What year was that? Oh, oh man. Uh, I want to say, was that 2008? It was the year. It was the year they were trying to crown a new NWA heavyweight champion, and um, oh, I Brian remember. Da- oh, nine. Brian, it was yeah, Brian Danielson was supposed to win, and he ended up getting hurt, so they put it on somebody else. And it was 2010. Uh, okay. Or no, so that was no, no. So that would have been 2007 or no, eight. 2008. 2008 yeah. was the tournament. I didn't start working for Greg till 2009, and I did nine, ten, eleven, and. 12 i think i did three and three in charlotte and I, I think my last one was the one in atlanta yeah that was a fun that's I, i'm never going to forget that i mean i was like <laughs> and i just kind of looked at you like yeah what he said like <laughs> well, greg greg actually put out a tweet i think earlier in the year he found out because i i went down and met the and met the horseman in 09 mm-hmm. and I, actually, I was there for, i was there for that yeah. and i and so fun fact i act i reffed on his shows in 09 and I actually was not booked until two hours before the show (laughs) so I literally had a demo reel and showed him a demo reel and he gave me the sink or swim method and put me in that opening match at George South who did not tell me a finish so straight up southern and happened to swim and that turned into three years and four conventions for him I I always love I miss those those had a great time at those. Those those were great, man. I like I, I wish they were still a thing, at least in Charlotte. Like he did it right the way he did it in Charlotte. I haven't done it, gone to any of the other conventions or anything like that. Um, it, I think I, well, didn't, didn't Marty like inherit that from him, so like that, and running the gathering uh, now. Uh, yeah, Mar- I don't know that he inherited it, but he decided to do his own, and it's it's based on what Greg did. I don't yeah. care what Marty. I mean. Marty's trying really hard to emulate and do better than what Greg did, but I haven't been to Marty's show, but what I do know is Greg's shows were run 
quite well, and he yeah. definitely tried to make fans very happy. I would say so, it's, it was. It's. I mean, we go there, man. You'd sit in the lobby all day long, and you just like you get everybody you wanted. I mean, it was. I yeah. remember I sat in the lobby one time and talked uh, wrestling with Ole Anderson for like three. Yeah. So so did we. So did we. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like where are you going to be able to? I remember. I think it was '09. I, I think uh, I, sh- I was in the bar with Flair and all them all night in '09 and shut down the bar. Um, I remember I worked. I worked uh, rest in peace. I, I worked with Reed. Um, in his one convention appearance in Atlanta that year. And I think that was, a, that was like the year within the last, like the last year of life. And I remember that very distinctly having worked with him. He had just come back from all Japan. So but yeah, those conventions were great just to sit around. And I mean, I worked, I mean, I was working the convention for Greg as well as officiating on his shows, man. It was fantastic, you know, and then, and then, but until everyone got nervous when Charles Robinson would show up and start looking for all the fake WWE merchandise. <laughs> we had a nice conversation with him one time too. Remember that? It's oh just, yeah. It's just so nice, gentlemen, to talk to people who are normal. <laughs> <laughs> you know, some of the conventions are actually putting out cards of the, yep. of the the talent that show. The newest one I got was 2019 from uh, Winston, North Carolina. Wrestlecade. It was a Wrestlecade. Yep. And it, it's got some pretty decent card. There's their header card, and there's they they do the, ah, the 87 tops. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the old 87 tops right there. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. They, no, no creativity card. whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's safe. It's not broke. Don't fix it. That's true, man. So we're not reinventing the wheel here. That's right. Uh, well, this has been interesting, guys. It really has been. Uh, I, I've enjoyed talking about it. Any cards are really popular right now. I, I just know we have a lot of catching up to do, David, when it comes to these checklists. But thank God we got Chuckster. <laughs> oh, I, know. I, I I actually feel a, a sigh of relief when I see Chuckster. And <sighs> I hear him on these podcasts and, and or these videos. And I'm like, you know what? I got nothing to worry about. The man's got it all right there. It's just a matter of him scanning him and sending him to me and helping me build the checklist, but it'll be easy. So, you know, he could just, he could just send us the cards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, go, ahead, go ahead and just, and, and then that retirement fund just somehow happens to net to just disappear. Yeah. It's like, honey, what? I thought you're retiring, honey. Uh, no, we can't. Uh, well, it's cool, guys. Uh, I really, guys, appreciate all you guys' time for help. You know, this topic. It's uh, been kind of a hot thing, and the timing was weird too, with all that stuff going on on Twitter between those two guys. You know, having a big old fight about these uh, independent cards. You'll have to let me know what that's all about. Um, I'll, I'll send you the link, David. Yeah, yeah I, I have no the, idea. I, I didn't necessarily see the link. I got tagged into you guys as I was talking about that Pacific Hobby box. Yeah. Because I, I was already looking at wrestling and I, and I, I had had a conversation, uh, I think shortly after that with someone about maybe trying to do uh, some breaks um, or do some other stuff with maybe some of the uh, some of the WB products because I've tried to stay away from it. But that's how I ended up linking in. And then you guys were talking about indie cards. And I was like, I've seen them like I got a little bit of experience. <laughs> but like it, it but the same questions apply, obviously, as as you know, this is a, a, a bubble on a smaller scale, basically, that we're talking about now. And now the question is going to be lent to it is where, where does this bubble go from here? You yep. know, as, as, as it continues to expand, because obviously the hobby as a whole um, has hit that apex yet. It may be coming sooner than we think. Who knows at this point? Yeah, um, this bubble is, this bubble is getting bigger. I can tell you that right now. Now it, 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 it will burst. Is there going to be a big burst or a slow leak? I'm not sure yet, but I'm kind of hoping that uh, we can get this checklist done here soon. You know, nothing's going to get done until the new year anyways, but um, you know, start getting them done. I think it's going to make people kind of realize, you know, what's cool cards are out there. That they're probably missing. You know, there's more to life in this hobby than just, you know, WWE. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, I, I, that's, what, that's what a lot of us collectors are looking for now because everything, again, all the top stuff is just so repetitive anymore. We want something new and something different. Well, that's why it, also, you know, people are kind of jonesing and excited because, you know, when Tony Khan talked about doing some licensing stuff and one of the things he mentioned was for AEW is trading cards. Who's okay. getting the license? I mean, trust me, I've been throwing it out there going, hey, Tony Khan, let's talk. Let's talk. Let's talk. Let's talk. I want to know who's going to be producing those cards. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and the same thing, you know, AEW talked, you said AEW talked about it. I mean, the fans, the fans of Impact have asked for them. They want them back. They want the trading cards back. Yeah. Um, so who knows? You may end up, I don't know. I Obviously, our, the last deal was with Panini. I don't know what the terms of that deal are, especially once it stopped in like 2013, 2014, when, uh, when everything started kind of going downhill with Impact before the, the resurgence. Went well, then again, we could, before we wrap it up here, then we can tie right back to early in the conversation. Why doesn't Impact then turn around and go and reinvest in themselves and produce their own damn trading cards? That... Um, the, <laughs> Impact, first of all, is part of a larger conglomerate. We're not a single company anymore. We're owned by a media conglomerate. Understood. And, so and that media should know better than about uh, marketing themselves in. When I, when I, when I, back in the day when I was working with RVD for a lot, uh, yeah. I had a meeting set up with Dixie at the time and her husband, Serge, who was in charge of all of, of their merchandise. And there was a yeah. time that I was going to run all that for them, for their online source. Uh, I never had that meeting. Um, so, and thank God. By the time they had like, minimal minimal licensing agreements with people like i think at the time six six licensing right yeah and I, then you have to think they were for as big as a company as tna was back in the day they were run like a mom and pop company correct and, and i will tell you it, it's it's the same it's the same situation and impact right now you know we are a big company like we just announced our new uk tv deal which had been a long time coming the uk was one of our best markets uh with the along with the united states and i think india is probably number three for us and but it's a small comp like we're owned as part of a big conglomerate anthem sports and entertainment you know they are and they're an entertainment they are a content delivery company um but at the same point within our own confines of impact we are a small company in the grand scheme so it's not that it's it ha it's not that it's not intentionally hasn't been done but um you know i mean look at the resurgence of impact since let's call it late 2000 i mean when i started it, it, i think it was shortly thereafter you could really start to see the upward swing in the company in 2018 we're having to rebuild and, and dig out of those years those 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 really bad years and so now it's we're just not there yet you know what I mean? Like, you know, there's a lot, there's like a list of a million things we want to get to, you know, and, and, and I have full faith in uh, Don Callis and Scott Demore uh, as the head, as our heads, my bosses and the head of impact that we will get, we, I'm, I'm hoping we will get to it eventually. It well, I tell them to contact me. I'll be happy to spearhead that project for them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's just it's, it's one thing at one thing at a time. Like you know, like the, they, that was something when, when uh, Scott was talking and they did a couple of interviews about the UK TV deal, and it was it was like we, we needed to take care of our home in the US first. We got that done. We bought access. We're on access. That is our home now. Period. So now it's like all right, now we can go. Let's get ourselves a better UK TV deal. So UK. So it's it's it is a it is a slow list, but it is a necessary slow move to ensure long term viability for the company because Anthem is for as many people have said over the years that you know impact or tna should have should have been gone you know what i mean which would have been horrible it's one less place for 
people to make money. You know, it, it's it's a slow build to make sure that this company will be around for a long, long time to come. And that's what's going to happen. I have full well, faith. In I, 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 hope, I hope to see some card sets coming from them sometime soon. It'd be nice. You, you, me, and a lot of other people hope so. Cool, guys. Well, uh, this has been very interesting. I'm a... Uh, I'm happy we had this call. I mean, it's, it's, again, it all kind of happened real quick. Like, talk about any stuff. I started seeing stuff online. I go, we need to talk about this. So, uh, I'm glad we got you guys, though, man. It's um, good times. This yeah, is fun. fun. Nice meeting you guys. You've yeah, been so yes. informative. I'm glad you. I'm glad you made the podcast. You've been really informative for me. Thank you, uh, thank you guys for having me. Oh, thanks, and thanks for the plug. I saw you kind of promote it before you even came on. It was nice. <laughs> yeah. No. I. It's. It's. You know. I. I uh, I collected um, baseball primarily when I was a kid and I was younger and I did some wrestling. Like I had the old classic cards from like 1990 from WBF and like I had the oh, magazine. I hear the old, listen to him. I had the old cards from 1990. <laughs> yeah. I, okay. All right. I'm, I'm only 35. Okay, I'm an 80s baby, so yes, I know that there are ones that exist prior, prior to my birth. But, um, I, I collected like, I had like, I remember and I wish now in hindsight, I'm kicking myself. I wish I kept them. Like I had the magazine, I got the magazine subscription in the nineties. Like I had some of those WCW cards that you would all, we, we still, see to this day that i've sealed hobby boxes out there so oh, they're I, still they're still printing that impal stuff they're still printing it yeah so, I, I'm, I'm not, so it's only and honestly for me it was only because of coronavirus that i was able to actually get back to because i i've i have not been home this much in my entire adult life because i was trying to make my make myself sure make my career so now i've been home um learning some new skills i have my youtube channel um yeah before we go plug your youtube channel man where, where can people find you YouTube.com slash zebra breaks is the name of my channel. Um, primarily deal on baseball. I have dabbled in wrestling with it. Um, I am going to have another wrestling video coming up in the next couple of weeks uh, prior to bound for glory uh, coming up on the 24th. So probably be that Thursday before new episodes drop every Thursday at noon. Um, I do some live breaks. I'm expanding. So I think there's, I, I really think that uh, I'm probably going to start delving into maybe some breaks with wrestling. Like I just did a baseball break last night. Of some I, I, I did my first break last yesterday which what'd you do i just happened to go to a flea market yesterday and uh came across uh two packs of uh 95 action pack two packs of championship clash and two packs of no mercy and just kind of opened them up now after i did it all so i guess my first time doing it i was like oh shit i could have done this better that better this better so i have a thing in my mind i'm gonna do it next time but yeah um, I, I basically i do like i have mine last night was just two hobby boxes basically it's a uh, tops triple threads which is one of the higher end products yep. and tops and i basically i i did it by it's only 14 cards a box so i did it by division and i broke it down into smaller prices for a division per box and filled 12 spots and uh, did about an hour stream last night live on youtube uh where i just did the live break that's out there so i'm definitely considering um delving into the world of um of wrestling breaks i think there's definitely a one out there for it oh yeah um, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, I'm, I'm hard pressed trying to find as much impact as I can to open, uh, because, and I, have noticed this with impact, there's hobby boxes out there, but there's a lot of people that are just selling packs, just seal mm -hmm. packs. I'm like, okay, you went through the box. Oh yeah. You wait, most likely weighed the packs, found the hits. And then those are all just common cards, which is oh, okay. It's all, it's all cherry pick stuff. That's fine. It's okay. But you know, I mean, you know, I, I, 
I would like to have hits. Like, I mean, the, my, my last video I did before Slammiversary, I opened the 08 series and had the hit in it. And then I raffled off the hit. It was a rhino. Ironically enough, it was rhino who's <laughs> an original uh, and, and auctioned off the hit or not auctioned off. I raffled off the hit uh, once I hit a subscriber count. Um, so it's, uh, it's, it's something that I think is coming forward. I've been looking at the upcoming release list. Um, obviously with top WWE is the big one, obviously with tops. I've been looking at the release list on that. Yeah. Kind of count, count all that stuff to be delayed again. So I, I don't not, I do not see uh, five releases coming out between now and December. No way. No, no way. Not happening. Um, I know like I've been waiting on I've got I'm supposed to have two more live breaks um I think they they pushed up the date uh gold label was supposed to come out in September and I got pushed back to this week and then it got pushed back to next week but now I think it's coming out this week now like however they're doing this production schedule coming out of tops and I mean it's not just tops it's panini uh it's it's everybody just given what we're going through yeah. you know coronavirus cool. and all that but yeah it's 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 coming i'm, I'm going to be delving more into wrestling with it um i had some conversations with some other people uh within the wrestling business and i'm going to try maybe get some other talent on my video but yeah check out the channel youtube.com says zebra breaks cool at ref, ref brain and toll on twitter cool man uh it's uh nice seeing you again chuckster we'll be talking again right. soon i'm sure and it's uh good to, good to have you back here david because it's been a while <laughs> it has been a while gotta, gotta have my partner in crime on here once in a while I enjoy it. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. We're going to be uh, taking off then. Have a good one, guys. All right. Thank you. See you later. We're out. Yeah, thank you, everybody. Bye.